0: now what's our thing i just uh, i don't know if you had a friend coming to town and you were like yeah they're like i want to go do the black thing in town what would you tell them to do
1: Mm. i will wait everyone wants to be proud of their hometown There's a spirit of togetherness that comes with rallying around a winning sports team or being number one in a national ranking. But for Black people in Minnesota, sharing the best of what the state has to offer sometimes requires leaving our culture out of the experience. I'm Brant Williams. And I'm Jonathan Rabb. And this is Untangled Roots.
0: During one of our early conversations for this podcast, we found ourselves asking, what are the black cultural touchstones in Minnesota? This is really interesting that we're doing this because I was having this conversation with a friend about Minneapolis's black community, Minnesota black community, and how we don't really have. You go to other cities and like the black communities there have like one thing that they're like everybody's on the same page about. Um, In terms of, like, a festival Uh or a tradition Hmm. or a food or something like that, right? Minneapolis doesn't have that, Hmm. I don't think. Can you think of anything? I can't. Where we're like, oh, yeah, you got to come to Minneapolis for this thing. Hmm. It definitely isn't Juneteenth
1: because people are like, don't go to Juneteenth well now yeah, that doesn't yeah, mean, I know it's right right here, <laughs> here, but like <laughs> yeah but originally i i do remember there being these big juneteenth um celebrations that were uh you know just fun and yeah you know just lots of but it, yeah but i don't think it held like the same but button. was it people performing blackness or actually like being in blackness you and know what, what I, mean? I remember was like, Ron- just like black folks just it wouldn't turn down a, an opportunity to get together and just like go hang out at the park. You know yeah. what I mean? And bring your family, and yeah. bring out a grill, you know, and it's but, like... But do you get what I'm
0: saying? Like there's like the, uh, what's that parade in Chicago? There's like a big, big parade. It was started by Abbott, the guy who uh, started the Chicago Defender. And there's like this whole culture around it. And yeah. I, I always like kind of wished we had something like that. Now I'm wondering if that was a thing. And it was in Rondo, right? And now it doesn't. The politicians exist had to go
1: make sure that they showed up at Rondo days. The Bud parade. Billiken
0: parade is huge, and so I know Detroit also has like something like that too. They have a big parade. Detroit has a lot of stuff, but like, I don't know. Yeah, I was wondered like, we have a sizable black population. Why don't we have a thing? We absolutely do have notable touchstones that reflect Black culture. There are important historical places like the Rondo neighborhood, a Black enclave in St. Paul. There's also the Penumbra Theater, a Black theater company where playwrights like August Wilson
1: staged award-winning works. But historical touchstones don't always represent the types of things you want to share with family and friends when they come to visit. Sometimes, you just want to be able to show what makes your city cool— and while the Twin Cities does have a diverse cultural base to draw from, that base doesn't always reflect black people in an obvious way. Why do we need to have a thing?
0: Okay, so if we're if we're talking again about the importance of social capital while traveling around the United States with other black people, yeah, we have to have
1: a thing. Something that draws other black folks here is to to consider this as a legit place to like settle or like you're a legitimate person to yeah 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 well let's talk about anchors then yeah i mean because when we're talking about rondo i mean there were folks who were like coming here from places where it's like you know they could be lynched for sneezing and and i'm White-owned bank or something. Yeah, like that. Um, and then they come up here and find connection. There's a family. There's a community. There's like places like Rondo. Um, and then the north side and other parts of Minneapolis, there were also black communities that were very tight and very um, self-contained. And um, but there were there were places, there were destinations for black folks to go. Yeah, um, and they had places for black folks to go, whether it be with Rondo, just the, the neighborhood. There were cultural institutions that that black people started to build. Um, people looked for places to um, to be whole people and didn't have to feel like they had to hide who they were. Just like, I'm black and I'm just going to hang out here. But today so what we're saying is like, like right now in Minneapolis or St. Paul, where would somebody go? Somebody moves here. They get a job at Target. Where are they going to settle? Is that what we're kind of talking about?
0: No, we're talking about like, so I do agree that there was a thing when Rondo was in full, like full swing, right? Mm -hmm. There was a thing you move up there, better living, There's a ton of educated Black people. You can live in this community. That's a really big deal back then, right? Now, what's our thing? I don't know. If you had a friend coming to town and you were like, yeah, they're like, I want to go do the Black thing in town. What would you tell them to do? It doesn't help that outside of the state, Minnesota has more of a reputation of being a place that has very little Black culture. St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter shared some of his experiences advocating for Minnesota during a conversation we had with
2: him earlier this year. Chris Rock didn't do us any favors. When I was in college, <laughs> he did a, uh, a comedy sketch that said, only two Black people in Minnesota are Prince and Kirby Puckett. And, you know, as, as though I wasn't already getting enough Minnesota jokes before he said that. Uh, and I think that's the way a lot of folks could, would, like, feel. Uh, but then they'd say, you know, are there any Black folks up there? And I'd say, turn up your radio, and they have Men Condition on the radio. <laughs> you know, I'd say turn up your radio and they have sounds of blackness on the radio. Uh they say, turn on your radio, and they have prints, or you know, they'd have something, you know, that was produced at flight time. And you know, I'd tell them, it sounds like you know there's some black folks in Minnesota. Now, I'll tell you, even um a couple of years ago when uh, the the Super Bowl was in uh, Minneapolis and BET brings a gospel brunch uh like their Super Bowl gospel brunch and we had breakfast with the folks from BET and they said we're gonna you know bring good down home music to Minnesota and I said that's great. Uh, also have you ever heard of the Sounds of Blackness <laughs> you know I said also like come come to church with me on Sunday. So we have this incredible um um hodgepodge of 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 culture and community here uh that uh, I think folks don't expect to find when right. they get here Uh, but it's enormously rich. NPR News
1: went to the Black Market Minneapolis to ask Black residents about their experiences as Black Minnesotans. Some shared constructive criticisms of the state. Others lamented the cold. But almost every Black person we spoke to shared two specific opinions. One was about their love of the diversity we have in the state. They were proud to live in a place where so many cultures were accessible. Jamila Toussaint is a Minneapolis resident.
0: I love the diversity. I love the fact that I grew up in a community where I had friends who were Native American, Ecuadorian, Black, Somali. Um, I love the fact that where I grew up is a very calm environment.
1: Jamila also represents the second opinion, a wish for Black Minnesotans to have more opportunities to have shared cultural experiences.
0: I think we're missing, like, more events like this for Black people. Um, There are events, but most of the time they're catered to, like, a wide crowd. We don't have many uh, events outside of, like, drinking and partying that um, are really there to, like, uplift the Black community. Even our government leaders had similar feelings about wanting more cultural touchstones. We spoke to Congresswoman Ilhan Omar during our visit to the Black Market Minneapolis.
2: You know, I think when, when we try, we do really well at sort of really showing off our diversity. But I would love to see more hubs where the diversity of Minnesota is celebrated, not just one weekend or once a month, but where it is celebrated year-round. Um, some cultural hubs Um Cultural connectivity centers, like those kind of things, I think would be really good for Minnesota.
1: So how do we solve the problem? Do we have a thing? Is it even necessary to have a thing? It's possible that we could be happy taking pride solely in the diversity that comes from a unique mix of cultural identities. We're a part of that rich experience. We also take pride in Minnesota touchstones like our Over 10,000 Lakes and the Minnesota State Fair. But part of feeling like you truly belong in the place where you live is seeing yourself reflected in the culture around you. For many Black Minnesotans, that's a feeling that can't be just overlooked because it might mean even more to Minnesota than it does to just us.
0: So Minnesota, we are often talking about how we have the most Fortune 500 companies These are things we brag about, right? Right. We're very international. We have an international airport. We are a Delta hub. We're an international city. We're on our way to be an international city. But I think that you cannot be an international American city without a thriving black cultural center.
1: Thank you so much for listening. Untangled Roots is a production of NPR News and part of our North Star Journey project. Untangled Roots would not have been possible without the work of many people, including
0: executive producer Sarah Glover, producers Twyla Dang and Brent Williams, hosts Brent Williams and Jonathan Rabb, sound design and mixing Alex Simpson, researcher Anne Harrington, with original music
1: by Greg Grease, You can learn more about Untangled Roots, the North Star Journey Project, and find additional resources by going to the NPR News website at nprnews.org. Untangled Roots was made possible in part by the Minnesota Legacy Amendments Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.